Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. Read a really interesting little article at the weekend. And Sport New Zealand are really concerned about the the d- decline in the number of young women participating in sport aged between 12 and 17. And there's one overriding reason. It's the 68% of them say that they are body conscious. You know, social media doesn't help. Uh, people judgment doesn't help. Uh, so they've co-opted the likes of Ella Williams, Irene Van Dyke and April Yeremia to initiate a programme called It's My Move. And the CEO of Sport New Zealand, good mate of mine, Raylene Castle, joins us. Hey, Raylene. Hi, Stephen. How are you? Well, I'm good, actually. Um, it was good to see you at the Halleberg Awards. Uh, nice job on the citation for Karen Smythe. Uh, it, was, it, was a, it felt a little sombre, though, with nobody in the room, if you get my drift. Yeah, I did. It was sort of, a, on the one hand, Stephen, it was important that um, we got to celebrate two years' worth of amazing achievements. And, um, you know, that was, that was great. Unfortunately for the athletes and the winners, the coaches in the room, um, they didn't quite have the hype that a normal Halbergs, um has. But uh, never mind, we'll, uh, we'll try and catch up next year. <laughs> That's because they all wanted to have a drink and mingle. On, and as the voice of God, I have to say, I have to keep saying, you're not allowed to mingle. But there was the exception to the rule, a.k.a. Uh, Eric Murray. Uh, who just didn't really follow the rules and had a really good time, and that's all good. Now, look, this report is, it's almost a social report. It must be incredibly concerning. Yeah, it is. I think it's um, it's it's concerning, but it's a reality. You know, we've got um, young women saying to us that um, the, the gap in participation at the moment when um, boys and girls are about 13 is about 16 percent, um, less participation by females. By the time it gets to 18 years of age, it's over 28 percent difference. So we saw that as a concerning number. We thought we need to look at that. Um, when we did the research, um, two major things happened. One uh, is that actually young women understand the value of physical activity um, and, and what, how it's good for them both physically but also for their mental health. Um, but what they said to us is they don't like um, a number of reasons. One, as you mentioned in your intro, um, body conscious. So they're conscious about uniforms um, that are being worn. Um, they find it gets too competitive for them. So it's all about winning and losing, not about actually enjoying um, the exercise or, or competing with your mates. Um, and they, um, <clears throat> they also uh, just sort of talk about time commitments or school takes over or you know, other reasons in their life. So for us, it's about um, finding ways where activity is counted regardless of what type of activity it is. Um, and that's just not organised sport. While there is those uh, people that want to end up being on that Hellberg stage, Stephen, and be recognised for playing yeah. um, for New Zealand or winning on the world stage, there's by far and away more that just want to enjoy themselves with their mates and, and get exercise the way they can. Uh, Raylene, what has changed since you were growing up as a young woman? 
Um, I think society's changed. I think the options that you have available to you are very different. Um, the pressures, the organisation of all the things that we fit into a day now um, on any given moment are quite different. Our lives were simpler. And the reality is now, um, you know, it is more complex. There's more things to do. The expectation around education um, is, is much greater. There's not the same time on a curriculum, for example, um, within the school environment to do physical PE, as we used to call it. Yeah, you know, we used that's to right. be out there and run around. So those things are different. Um, the, the pressure on teachers now um, to do post-after-school um, coaching uh, and those types of things are really, really different. And so the young women are saying to us, you know, I want to um, do an exercise class on my phone in my bedroom because that's where I feel more comfortable. And the reality is we didn't have that option. We didn't have phones. Yeah. And they were the things that plugged into the wall, right, that sat in the lounge room so your mother could listen to your conversations. Um, you know, and and so those things have really changed. Um, skateboarding was not an option. Surfing was not an option for most people. Um, parkour, um, those sorts of things. Uh, tramping. You know, all of these modern day physical activity is really important. Yeah, it's it's sad in a way. I mean, you know, physically, let's just. I mean, when I were talking about the stuff for blokes too, I remember being called by a ba- like a, being called a baby elephant by my phys ed teacher. It was tough on us too, you know, as he saw me waddling around the track. But let's 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 keep moving on here. Now you've got this thing called it's my move. Do we need to talk about that or are you all right? Do we need to like unpack that? Actually, I'll just put my feet up for a moment and let's let's have a wee talk about it. No, no, no. But but when you think about it, life seemed simple, right? Uh, and I just wonder whether we are making it more difficult when they're and, – and, and parents are allowing themselves to get so wound up in, in life and, and the necessity to, to keep going that – we, we we as parents sometimes forget about our kids a little bit, and this is not a this is not a generalisation. But I sometimes I'm a, I'm a parent, you know. I've got I've got children, and I, I busted my bum to try and be there with them for to, to do sport. And it's a shame that we get into the situation, particularly for young women. So it's my move. How do you intend making it work to try and get young women back to playing just into physical activity on a regular basis? Yeah, and what the what um, the research told us is that they are they do understand the value of it. They just want to do it their way. So right. for sports to think about other um, ways that they can involve, they might, it's not competition necessarily. Maybe you don't need a coach. Maybe you just need a larger squad of girls who can turn up, and they might play this weekend and not that weekend because they've got something else on. Um, giving some flexibility around those types of environments. Uniforms are not the be all and end all. And Taranaki Netball Association have made. Um, uniforms not compulsory across the whole of their grades. It doesn't matter if you're playing senior netball or you're playing junior netball. As long as you wear a bib to identify what team you're on, that's enough. And, you know, whilst we've all been in that situation where we've seen a little five or seven-year-old wear the uniform for the first time and how proud they are mm, of their skirt yeah. that goes down below their knees or their footy boots <laughs> or, yeah. you know, that amazing image. For many families, Stephen, that's not a financial reality. So we want to reduce all of the barriers. If, if uniform is the thing that stops you being able to afford to participate, yeah. um, then what? we don't need uniforms. Touch rugby, four T-shirts on the field. You can you, One team runs run one way, run, one team runs the other. You don't actually need anything other than that. Yeah. Um, but just to be able to get out and recognise that that's a good way to spend your time walking the dog or dancing to TikTok. Well, you know, well that, I, yeah, that, no, I'm with you, Raylan. I think the other, okay, so the, there's another study you need to do, and it's the price of uniforms and how some, mm. some companies like school Schools are charge schools are being ripped off by the uniform companies. I know this for a fact because I got a friend in the trade, and I think that's something. <laughs> no, and I no, he's he's outside the trade but knows the trade, and you would be you would be horrified 
to know how much it costs to make a uniform and how much these uniform companies are charging schools who then have to on charge. And I think I think there is a whole circle that could be that could be stopped and made a lot easier, as you quite rightly say. The one thing you mentioned about coaching, for me, it's it's important that coaches buy into this. It is really important because I think I've been, you know, I've got nieces and nephews that play, and I've been to watch them play. And you know, the difference between a coach on the sideline that's positive, constructive, encouraging young people to improve their skill Mm -hmm. um, and be better more than all about winning and losing versus the person I saw, um, you know, marching up and down the sideline, coaching rugby, thinking that he was coaching the All Blacks, yelling and screaming at young people about, you know, get back in and do this and get up there and tackle that. And that becomes not enjoyable for some people. If, you know, for some performance athletes, um, that might be okay. Um, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest that that's a great way to coach anyway. Um, but the reality is that many, once you understand how to play the basics of the sport, maybe all you need is a manager just to register you, a parent guardian, um, and actually they just want to turn up, you know, these young women want to turn up and play netball or hockey or um, football um, and, and have a kick around and enjoy it. And winning or losing is not the be-all need. You know, you know you're going to come in for criticism of this one. You know, it's about it's about all the participation as, aspect rather than, you know, trying to find the next set of uh, Halberg Award winners. But, but is, that's not your concern, is it? Well, I, th- I think there, there might be criticism of that, but at the end of the day, we're not suggesting that those young women don't have those opportunities. Of course they do. If you want to be the next Lisa Carrington and go down to Lake Pukaki and learn to paddle and perform and train um, seven days a week, all of those options are available to you. But the research is telling you that's not what most young women. That's yeah. not, like it isn't most of us, you know, can't perform at that level. So um, it is about making it more inclusive, more fun, um, and thinking um, for parents and caregivers, thinking about the language that you use with young people. The first question is not, did you win? The first question is, did you enjoy today? Did yeah, how much fun did you have? Completely. How do you intend to use Ella Williams' Iron Van Dyke and April Yeremia? Well, they have credibility because they've, you know, unlike me, who's a, you know, an administrator actually talking about those things, one, they're mothers themselves, so they've got young people to talk to and live through their experiences. They were athletes themselves, so they know what it was like. They saw the good coaches, the bad coaches, and everyone in between. Um, and it actually just brings some real uh, credibility to the campaign where they can talk about those messages from lived experiences. I got a question for you, and you might not like the question, but when do we start reading between the lines and not just looking at data solely as the the way to go? What what do you mean? Yeah, well, I I sometimes think data can be dangerous. Data can be helpful, but we've got to be careful how we interpret the data, right? Yep, we do. But at the end of the day, we see the participation numbers dropping, Stephen. So yep. at 13, they just stop playing organised sport. Um, and so that it's, it, there's, something, there's something changed in that perspective. Um, we know that you get to 18 and you go to university and you might choose to do other things, but that gap between 13 and 18-year-olds is a real risk. If we can form a healthy relationship with physical activity, it might be just walking, it might be tramping, it might be swimming, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you realise the value of that to a healthy lifestyle and particularly around mental health. Um, that's really what we're trying to encourage. And, and the other people we should be encouraging is mum and dad because they're, they're the key to, for me, they're the key to all of this. 
Yeah, and it's, and there is that sort of there is that piece, isn't there? Where we, you know, I hate saying you know when I went to school, but the reality is we rode our bikes to school, we walked to school, um, and that wasn't yep. called exercise; that was just transport. And busy lives these days mean that, but kids tend to get picked up and dropped off often. Um, so actually, that that encouragement to um, to allow your young people to walk to school because it's it is good physical activity for them. And it's a societal thing because I'm guilty as charged. I took my kids to school. I could my kids could have walked to school. I didn't because a fear of someone, you know, picking up my kids or, you know, cracking your kids, you know? And mm. it's a societal mm. thing. So I'm guilty as charged there completely. So we've got we've got a lot to learn. Uh what did you make uh on a completely different subject? What did you make of the last two years of sport? Did you have a, a standout event that you went Wow, yeah, that, that that makes me feel good and still makes me feel good. Uh, I mean, you, you can name all the gold medals that we won, all yeah. the, the bronzes, you know, and, and all of that, um, you know, rugby test matches, all of that. But I think it still is for me when you're, um, you know, seeing um, sport actually happen at that grassroots level, the amazing volunteers that spend hours putting out cones and marking out fields and doing draws and umpiring or refereeing. Um, and you see those young people um, having great experiences, making friends, new relationships, new groups of friends. Um, I still fundamentally believe in the power of that to bring bring communities together. Um, and, and that's still what brings a real smile to my face. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, you, like I would have done, uh, hanging around and doing weekends, traipsing the kids around the place and, and the likes or family or nieces or whatever. It is just so much fun. And it is, you know, in a funny old way, it is part of who we are as New Zealanders, you know? Well, that, that's where the whole access to to um, sport and, and, you know, like whatever it is, um, physical activity or active recreation, if that's your thing, that's what we want to try and promote. Um, and, and Sport New Zealand spends a lot of time on that, making sure that, um, that particularly in communities where um, that, that doesn't come easily for mum and dad who are finding it really tough at the moment, that we try and open those opportunities. Always a pleasure talking to you, Raylene, and we'll talk again. Thanks, Stephen. Talk soon. Yeah, cheers. That's Raylene Castle, CEO of Sport New Zealand, a very, very smart woman and just a really nice lady to talk to as well.